0: facing in this room today or online, but I know this, that he's never lets you go. Your grip may fail at times. You may feel like you're weary and you can't hold on any longer, but he is holding you. He's got you. He's taking care of you. Lord, we just rest in you this morning. We thank you that you're taking care of us, Lord. You're looking after us, Lord. Lord. You're making a way for us, Lord. And Lord, we just rest in that this morning. Lord, we thank you for these next few moments together. And I pray that you'd speak to every heart and every life. Right into our soul today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. You can take a seat this morning. Welcome to church. Show me your smiling faces for a moment. Gee, you look good. This isn't my message this morning, but um, I just really had this on my heart. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It's the forming of the new church after Pentecost Sunday. And it says that um, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, shared the money with those in need, they worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. How incredible is that? When you think about the early church that was being formed and created, they didn't have a whole bunch of systems. They didn't have a whole bunch of procedures. They were the world's fastest growing church from zero to 3,000 after that was spoken and Peter preached to them in earlier in Acts chapter 2. And it just continued to grow day in, day out. They didn't have a, a system for integrating new people. They didn't have a pastoral care system. They didn't have a discipleship program. They didn't have all of the pathways. They just had a raw love for Jesus and a raw love for each other. And you can't really look at it and say, well, we've got to implement that program. Well, who would like to do church every day? Who would like to meet in everyone's home every day? Are there any young any young parents that would really love that? If everyone came over to your house every day and saw your filthy house, with kids running around, and they just, they had this heart for God that It's not about just the procedure of doing exactly what they did in terms of, oh, we have to do this, we have to do that. They just had a heart for God. They sold everything they had. Who'd like to sell everything they have and give it to someone else? But I love the spirit of it. They were all in. They were saying, we are ready. And you know, this is strengthening home month. This is a time for us together to say, God, we just pray over this church, over every household, every, over every family, over every individual that you would strengthen this house. Do what you did then. Take us and let us be radical for you. Let us be so passionate about Jesus that it just spills out into every area. They wanted to meet together. They wanted to give. They wanted to sow financially. They wanted to be there for each other. They wanted to share in the Lord's Supper. They wanted to have communion together. They wanted to go through the highs and lows of life together. And that same spirit unbelieving would be in us. And that this month we'd be reminded again that God wants to strengthen this home. Because out of this place he wants to be able to see great revival come out of here. Seeing lives impacted and changed and people transformed as we get stronger here. You know, the reality is that we are aiming to get stronger so that we can go further than we've ever been before. And the truth is that you, you really come from that place of strength that allows you to be able to go out. What God's done in your heart and in your life puts you in a position to be able to go and be a blessing to others. You know, we have a mission as a church to reach people with the gospel, raise disciples of Jesus and release leaders into their calling. Well, I want to ask you this morning, is the Holy Spirit doing that in your life? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to reach you, to reach every part of your heart? Those hidden parts that are they're kind of in there, are you allowing Him to reach into every part of your life? Are you allowing Him to raise you up as a disciple, as you spend time with God, as you read your Bible and pray and get alone with God, as you worship Jesus, as you spend time just in his presence, is he, is he forming a disciple just like he did with those 12 disciples and he spent time with them and he just invested in them? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to invest into you? Are you feeling released as a leader, understanding that you are salt and light? You are someone that God has created for kingdom purpose. Well, I'm believing that for you over this month. I'm believing that this month would be a launching pad for a new era in your life, that God would strengthen you in new ways. You know, it says in Ephesians 2 verse 19, you're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here in what he's building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day by day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. And we're believing for that that God would be quite at home. He's in us. He's working through us as we just continue to serve Him. As we continue to focus on Him, He's going to strengthen this home. And we are really believing for that this, this year. We're really believing that over these next few weeks as we speak about investing into your family, investing into your finances, as we talk about friendships and kingdom friendships, as we talk about these important things over this month, I'm really believing God would strengthen your home and as a result, if your home's strong, this home would be strong, and we'd see the flow-on effect of that in Jesus' name. Is anybody believing for that this morning? For your house? Come on. Well, this morning, I want to kick it off with talking about knowing the voice of God. If you want your home to be strong, if you want your faith to be strong, we need to be people that move in the Spirit. We need to be people that are listening to what the Holy Spirit's saying and to know His voice. You know, it says in the Bible that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it's not just what you see in your life that matters. It's actually what you hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It says we walk by faith and not by sight. Gee, it would be easier if we just walked by sight. If we could just go on the facts and the details of what we know. But the reality is, just like Peter, when he walked on that water, he wasn't going by the facts. Nobody in the history of the world had ever walked on water before. But he just stepped out in faith. What did he step out on? He stepped out on the Word of God. And so all of us, when it comes to strengthening our homes, when it comes to your family being strong, when it comes to your spirit being strong, we need to be people that learn to abide and to listen and to hear the voice of God. The Holy Spirit is speaking, but sometimes I don't think we are listening. And we have a lot of noises and a lot of voices that are talking to us. We have a lot of culture that's speaking back to us. We have a lot of things that are advertising themselves to us, but... Do we have the discipline to get alone with God and say, God, what are you saying? God, as I flow today, as I walk today, I want to lean in to your Spirit. It says in Galatians 5.25, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Now I love in church, I love the moving of the power of God, I love the gifts of the Spirit, I love people praying, I love people getting excited, I love worship when it's passionate, I love people speaking in tongues, I love the excitement of what God is doing in our church building but if moving in the Spirit is just that, I think we're missing a whole bunch of it because there is a whole world outside that on Monday they want to see how that translates. On Tuesday, they want to see how that's working out in the workplace. On Wednesday, they want to see how that's happening in school. They want to be able to see that. I read this quote through the week. It says this, The Holy Spirit doesn't just make you dance and speak in tongues. He also makes you shut up, apologize, and examine yourself. And I thought to myself, isn't that powerful? And it's true. How many times has the Holy Spirit saved you from saying or doing something silly? because you've listened to His voice. And I think it's powerful to be able to listen to what God is saying. Michael Maiden, he says it this way, one of the most uh, important ways we measure how full of the Holy Spirit we are is in our vocabulary. The more filled with the Holy Spirit we are, the more Christ-like our speech will become. The Holy Spirit not only graces us to pray in other tongues, He also invites and enables us to give Him control over what we say in English. And that is true, that we need to listen to His voice and allow what He's saying to us to be echoed through our life. Allow what the Word of God is saying to saturate us in such a way that now we're going we're to speak that out. We're going to listen to what God says, we're going to listen to His voice, and then we're going to speak from that place of authority. Living by faith is listening to the voice of God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be somebody that just has a nominal Christianity where I have my my beliefs and my theology and I just go through the motions. I want to have a personal, intimate relationship with God. I want God to speak to me. I want the creator of the universe. I want to know Him. I want to know Him. I want to know what He wants from my life. And I want to tell you the truth this morning, that God wants to speak to you, even more than what you want Him to speak to you. And God does speak to you. God is speaking to you. And it's, it's simple and easy. And I think so much of the will of God can be complicated. And we can make it more complicated than what it needs to be. Like we're walking on a tightrope. But God's not like that. God is the kind of God that is creating a path. He leads me beside the still waters, it says in Psalm 23. He's leading and guiding. He's a light to my path. He's a lamp to my feet. His Word is lighting up a way for you. He's guiding you and directing you into your purpose. God is speaking. But sometimes we're not listening. John chapter 10, verse 1 to 10, it tells us a little bit about how God's voice works. And I want to speak about it this morning because I I want you to leave this place today knowing that God speaks to you and knowing how God speaks to you. So you can be somebody that has that intimate connection with God. I think it's really important that all of us understand God is speaking to us. And we want to just go from this place today knowing that, hey, I can have this in a personal way. I don't have to wait for the preacher on Sunday. I don't have to wait to the next great podcast from T.D. Jakes or Stephen Furtick. Actually, God can cut out the middleman and he can speak directly to me. He can speak directly to you. John chapter 10, verse 1 says, I tell you the truth, this is Jesus speaking, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and listen to this, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. He said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come to me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And that's what God desires for you. That you would be so connected to Him, so led by Him that you'd be led into that rich and satisfying life. That Zoe life, as it says in the Greek, that abundant life, life in full measure. That's the kind of life that God designs you to live. Now maybe, just maybe you've been living on Christian autopilot. But today is an opportunity to turn that autopilot off and to jump in into full connection with God, to immerse yourself into relationship with God, to know the creator of the world intimately, personally, to be connected and to know His voice. So three things we know about God's voice this morning. The first one is, number one, God's voice is recognizable. God's voice is... Is recognizable. It says in John 10, verse 3, the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. The truth of the matter is that God has designed us to be able to know his voice voice. When you become a believer, it says in scripture that you become born again. You're born anew. You're born again. Your spirit is renewed. You've come to know Jesus in a personal relationship and he's transformed your life. It's like being a child. You are born again. Now, as you're born again as a believer and you're starting to live out your faith, you're starting to grow into, in your mind, in your emotions, what what has already taken place. God's done the work, you're born again. But our mind and our will and emotions need to then start to submit to what has already taken place. And so we go on this learning exercise where we're starting to live out our faith. The work's done in an instant, but then faith is lived out. So what we're starting to do is we're starting to learn what God's voice is sounds like God has made us and designed us as his children to be able to hear his voice but we need to start to recognize it. I remember when Cooper was born. Come out of the womb screaming, crying and he was red and and this and the and the doctor just held up this little child and said it is your son. And and I was like, whoa, there's a child. And um, I'm like, this is crazy. And and, and and he's screaming and crying. And the doctor said to me, he said to me, Ben, speak to him. He knows your voice. He will recognize your voice. And I'm thinking, this is awkward. There's a whole room of nurses and doctors as a screaming child. I'm like, hey buddy, like starting to talk to him and it's an awkward moment, but I started to talk to him and sure enough, weirdly, he started to calm down. And it was one of those moments where I was like blown away by the fact that this child already recognized my voice. He'd heard it in the womb. He'd recognized it. And it's the same for us with our Heavenly Father. We need to learn to recognize his voice. He's speaking to you. He wants to speak into your situation. Not just general words, but specific words. He wants to tell you things that are to come, scripture says. He wants to speak into your life. He wants to encourage you. He wants to build you up. God is speaking. Sometimes what's happening is fear speaking to us. We've got that turned on so high we're not listening to what the voice of God's saying. Sometimes we're listening to the anxiety and the worries around us. Sometimes we're so busy doing our own planning, we forgot to even consult God. What did you want me to do, God? What are you saying? We've got our plans for our day and our week, but God says, you know what, I've got, I've got plans too. My ways are higher than your ways, Scripture says. And so God wants to help us operate, not just on a natural level, but a supernatural level, where we are hearing the voice of God and responding to that. See, the time you spend with someone makes their voice more recognizable. See, if Amy calls me on the phone, even if she calls me from a private number, as soon as she starts to speak, I know who it is. Even if she speaks quietly, I know who she is. I know that voice. I recognize that voice. But if perhaps someone that I don't know called me, or I don't know very well, and they didn't say their name and they started talking to me, And I'm like, oh, I kind of think I know that this could be someone that I know, but I can't work it out. Has anybody had those phone calls? And so you're using a lot of, yeah, mate, mate, (laughs) mate. And you're just trying to give yourself time to realize who this person is because you don't recognize it straight away. And it's like that with God. As we spend time with Him, as we connect with God, it's amazing how quickly. And we don't always know it in the dark moments. Like if I was to... To rock up at max and megan's house i know these guys a little bit but i don't know them super well but if i was just to break into their house and at 2am in the morning i went hey Maxie, how you sleeping and i just started talking to him i'm sure he's gonna wake up and not not greet me with a smile and a handshake probably more like a baseball bat because he's not gonna recognize that voice But I'm sure if Megan spoke to him and said, Max, how are you sleeping? (laughs) He might be more attentive to that. (laughs) One voice is recognizable. And that recognition is there because of relationship. And one voice is like, it's a distant voice. I don't know. I'm not sure. And I think all of us start off with God where it it does feel distant. It takes us time to learn that voice. It's actually intimacy that helps us to be able to grow in relationship with God. That connection with Him, reading His Word, listening to His whispers. Even when He doesn't shout and yell at us, but He just whispers to us, we start to hear His voice. We start to hear His encouragements to us. We start to hear what He's speaking to us. God wants to speak to you. God's voice matches God's Word. If you're looking for a recognition or or to recognize what God's saying, open up the Word of God and allow it to speak to you. This is full of the Logos Word of God, but there is Rima words in there. What I'm talking about when I say Rima is now words, specific words, quickened words that God's speaking to you as you learn God's Word, as you meditate on God's Word, it helps you hear God's voice. God's voice always matches God's Word. It doesn't deviate. It's a recognizable voice. God wants it to be so clear. It says in John 10, 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. As we listen to that voice and we begin to know God, we begin to follow it. And that's when we begin to being led by the Spirit. We're no longer just led by our natural inclinations. We're saying, you know what? I feel God's voice on this. I feel God speaking to me. We start moving in the spirit. We start moving over from the natural to the supernatural. We go to our work on a Monday and we see someone. We say hello to someone and all the signs on the outside tell us that that person is good, but we sense there's something not right. And we begin to speak into that person. We're going to encourage that person. We have a customer that comes in. And it looks like everything's great in their life, but we, we just got a word from God to speak into their life. And we don't have to do it in a weird way. It just becomes natural, naturally supernatural. And I think when God speaks to us, it doesn't have to always be weird and wacky. You see, sometimes we're looking for the impressive rather than just the important word of God. And we're looking for this spectacular thing to happen on an altar call, but maybe it just happens on the drive to work. As you're getting a coffee, just being open to what the Holy Spirit is saying. See, God, uh, time and time again, we see in Jesus' life, when an interruption happened, there was an opportunity for God to be able to move, for God to be able to see a miracle take place. Jesus, as He was walking the earth, oftentimes a miracle was on the other side of an interruption. But He was open and just ready to be led by the Father. Whatever needs to happen, whatever God wants to do, God's voice is, is recognizable as you spend time with him you'll begin to know his voice more and more it'll become louder and clearer that even in those quiet moments those dark times when it just feels like i need something from god you'll even hear the whisper you'll hear that whisper that recognition of god's voice secondly this morning god's voice is relational It says in this passage, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls you by name. That doesn't talk to me of a God that is distant. That talks to me about a God that is intimate, that is close, that knows your name, that knows everything about you. You have to be close to someone to be able to lead them. And God wants to be close. He's a relational God. His voice is always speaking relationship. He's always drawing near. It says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And that's a truth that we need to not forget. That God is near. He's close. He's ready to help. He's an intimate God. He is a relational God. God's voice is always wanting to connect. God's voice leads us out of confinement and into freedom. He's always leading us out, leading us out of fear, leading us out of anxiety, leading us out of some of the things that trap us, leading us out of comparison and into freedom. God is always leading you out, but are we relationally connected? Are we intimately connected with God? You know, it says in John 15 verse 4, it says, remain in me, As I also remain in you, this is Jesus speaking, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. See, I just cut this off this morning, a few hours ago, off one of our Japanese box box hedges out the front. And I just went and snipped this thing off. And the truth of the matter is, it still looks green. It still looks fresh. It looks fantastic. But what's happening is this thing is going to suffer a slow death. It's on its way to death. And I think what happens sometimes in our Christian experience is we've disconnected sometimes from God's voice. We've disconnected from church community or we've disconnected from relationship with God and we still look fresh. We're showing up on Sunday. We're looking in our Sunday best. Our hands are lifted, but our mind is somewhere else. And we can be looking like we're fresh as we usually are, but the truth is we are disconnected. And what happens is on the inside, our spirit starts to die. On the inside, we are listening to every other voice, but we are not intimately connected with our Savior Jesus. And it looks great on the outside. But the truth is, we know, we know in ourself, we're dying. Our spirit's dying. And I wanted to encourage you today that we are made and purposed for relationship with Jesus. This whole Christian thing isn't just about a set of beliefs or a community we belong to. Christianity at its core is about human beings being in a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus did all the hard work removed every barrier, so all we have to do is accept relationship with Him. And the truth is, it's not just a one and done thing. We are daily in relationship with God. See, I don't know when this is going to start to wither and die. It might go a few days, might go for a few weeks, I don't know. I don't know exactly when, but I do know that it will die. And it's the same for us. If we want to be led by the Spirit of God, if we want to move in the Spirit, if we want to be fresh, if we want to be connected in God and allowing the voice of God to lead us and guide us and allow revelation to to move our life forward, we've got to stay connected. And if we don't, we're going to start to live out of routine. We're going to start to live out of the deadness of just tradition. We're going to start to live out of the deadness of somebody else's faith somebody else's experience the sunday sermon and that's not enough that's not the kind of acts 2 church that are read at the start of this scripture at the start of this message this morning that's not the kind of church this this church was intimately connected with god and with each other we snap that source we cut and we sever that relationship and we're no longer just moving and living in the Spirit. We're living in our own thinking and mindsets and traditions. God's voice. It says in Jeremiah 33 verse 3, Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That's what's available to you. That's what's available to me as we just stay connected in God. And the third and finally this morning is, God's voice is reassuring. It says in John 10 verse 4, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. But I love that God is leading us. He's reassuring us. He's showing us the way. This is the way to walk. This is the way to live in faith. This is the way to be able to step out of this situation. This is the way to the vision of God that seems impossible in the natural. This is the way. He makes it clear. His voice is reassuring. It's telling you. It talks about in Scripture as we take a step, it's like a voice behind us saying, move to the left or move to the right. It's His voice guiding and leading you into your destiny, into your future. It's reassuring. It's bringing strength to your life. Remember, as a kid in the dark, I'd yell out to Mum, such a mama's boy. And I'd like, I knew like Mum and Dad's room was down the hallway in the darkness, down a few rooms, and then into their room. And so I didn't want to walk in that darkness in case some monster got me on the way down the hallway. And so I'd yell out, Mum! mom and sure enough i'd hear that voice yes ben what's wrong and then i'd start to walk towards that voice i'd yell out again halfway down the hallway because it's getting a bit scary now mom you're still there yes could you talk a bit quieter you're gonna wake up your sister and i'd walk towards that voice And i think for all of us even in the dark seasons in the difficult seasons we've got to learn to just continually walk towards that voice it's a reassuring voice it's the assurance of our faith it's confidence it's the authority to be able to stand strong just like david stood up against goliath he'd heard the voice of god said you come against me you come against the god's people but i come against you in the name of the lord our god And he ran towards Goliath because he knew God's voice was guiding him and leading him and running. As he ran towards that battle, he had faith. He knew God was with him. He wasn't afraid or fearful. That's why when we have moments of prophecy, when people are speaking to your life, if it's not bringing comfort, edification, encouragement, assurance, if it's not confirming things, well, that's not prophecy. Because prophecy doesn't bring fear and trepidation. It doesn't come into your life and cause you to feel double-minded and edgy and worried and afraid. Prophecy brings strength because prophecy is God's voice speaking through someone. It's a conduit and God's voice always brings assurance. Gideon, mighty warrior, I am with you. Even when he's hiding in the cave. David, when he's going out to take on Goliath and he's getting all this armor that people are putting on him. He said, no, no, just go and grab that stone and that slingshot and you run towards the battle. Daniel in that lion's den, when there was these lions all around him, I'm with you. That fire, Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, who was standing in that fire with them? Jesus. That voice, I'm with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Through the fire, Through the water, I will be with you. That's God's voice. It's always bringing assurance. And God wants to speak to you today. God wants to encourage you and assure you. The sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. We are the sheep. Go into our shepherd. And God wants to speak to you. I don't know whether you could stand with me this morning as the team comes. I want to encourage you today. God wants to speak to you. Not just once, but daily. God wants to encourage you. His word is there to bring assurance to your life, to bring leadership to your life, to guide and direct you. His voice is recognizable. He's not trying to hide from you and make it hard for you to know his will. He wants you to be connected with him. Keeping in step with the Spirit of God. Stepping into all that He has as we take a step forward, as we move forward each day, allowing God's voice to lead and to guide you. There's something so powerful about that. Knowing His voice and knowing Him intimately that sets you up to be somebody that moves in the Spirit. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, oh we love the Sunday experience. But moving in the spirit is an everyday experience. Listening to the voice of God is an everyday experience. How do we reach, raise, release people? We teach people to know God themselves. To read the Bible for themselves, to pray for themselves, to know the voice of God for themselves cuz if you know God, you're no longer coming just to get topped up on a Sunday. You're coming to give out on a Sunday. You're coming to pour out on a Monday. You're already filled up. It's overflowing out of your life. It's the best follow-up program you can ever have, the Holy Spirit. Best pastoral care program you can ever have, the Holy Spirit. He puts people on your heart. You contact them. Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our comforter. and He wants to speak to you today. You know, just for these next few moments, I wonder whether we could worship God. If you want prayer this morning, we're going to open up this altar. Maybe you want a word from God. Maybe you're believing for God to speak to you about something. Well, we're going to open up this altar for the next five minutes or so. Why don't you come and we're going, and we're going to just pray over you. We want to believe for God to speak to you in these moments. We worship just in these next five minutes. Why don't you say, God, speak to me. God, I want to know you. Let's move out of this autopilot and into this intimate connected relationship with jesus that he always intended that we'd have the sheep recognize his voice